Welcome everyone to the second episode of APS Radio. My name is Jim Bernica. We've got a very special guest this week. It's Captain Tony Stefani from San Francisco Fire Department. Uh, he's been retired for a few years now, but he's, he's also the president of the San Francisco Firefighter Cancer Prevention Foundation. So this episode is all about his diagnosis and creating this foundation and then all the great things that that foundation has been able to do for the San Francisco firefighters, but really all the other firefighters out there as well. So without further ado, let's bring Tony in. Thanks, Jim. Um, in 2001, uh, after about 27 years on the job, uh, on a January morning, I went out for a, a run uh, like I normally do. It's a beautiful day. And um, about one mile before I got back to the gym that I was working out at, uh, I had to stop and walk. And I was extremely tired. I didn't know what was going on. I got back to the gym, went to the bathroom, and basically urinated blood. Um, and it was... Uh, not a good experience. I went directly to my GP and within five days I was informed that I had a tumor in my right renal pelvis and um, he was pretty sure that it was some type of cancer. Uh, I was referred to a doctor in San Francisco at UCSF, Dr. Marshall Stoller, and uh, first time I met Dr. Stoller he asked me what my profession was and I told him I was a firefighter here in the city and uh, he said that you're exposed to a lot of chemicals. And I, I said, yes, I am. And he goes, the type of cancer you might have uh, is the type of cancer we find in people that are normally exposed to a lot of chemicals. So he goes, we got to um, biopsy this and see what we've got going on. So they biopsied it. They found out I had transitional cell carcinoma. That's a rare form of cancer to be found in the kidney. It's normally found in the bladder. And in, in uh, the general population, this type of cancer, when it's found in the kidney, it's normally one in 100,000 people. And I was one of them. And I was 49, just about to turn 50. So we ended up uh, in March of that year going into UCSF, and I had what's called a radical nephrectomy, where they removed my right kidney as well as my uh, ureter. And um, so I was off on sick time. Um, I tried to get this job related. Uh, I went through a QME and uh, the cancer was denied. And so um, I got to the point where I basically had no sick time, no vacation time left. This is after I was off for about eight months going through treatment and recovery. And uh, our, our local union, Local 798, stepped up to the plate and they put out a uh, uh, an ask on my behalf uh, at, that, at that time we didn't have catastrophic sick pay or catastrophic situations where firefighters can donate time and our union asked uh, the, my fellow officers I was a captain at the time uh, if they would be willing to donate some time to me with 200 officers stepped up and gave me one day of time so I was able to keep a paycheck on the table um, before I decided if I was going to get back in the profession, back in the firehouse, or if I was going to call it basically quits. And there was no way I could possibly repay them monetarily. Um, it was just uh, an extremely great gift that they gave me. So time went on, um, and I got to the point where it was a decision to go back to work. My doctor told me, Tony, you can't go back to work at Rescue One. Um, it was a very busy company and he goes, you're taking a chance. Uh, there's a possibility that this could spread bilaterally to the other kidney or it could be spread to the bladder and you're going to have to be monitored every three months 
for quite a while, like normal cancer patients uh, are with this type of situation. So I decided, uh, I was then in the 28th year, and I decided that it was time for me to walk away from the job. Uh, not that I wanted to, but basically I had to. And um, when I walked away from the job, uh, another firefighter at Station One came down with transition cell carcinoma. Only this type of, only he had bladder cancer. Six months later, a third firefighter came down with transition cell carcinoma. I talked to Dr. Stoller at UCSF and I said, hey doc, we've got two firefighters at my firehouse that have both have transitional cell carcinoma, both in the bladder. And he goes, Tony, that's pretty unusual. You know, uh, that's sort of like a cluster. Maybe we should take a look into this. And he goes, what, do you guys have any types of foundations or advocacy programs where you're looking at this problem? And we didn't, and this is, we're talking about just about 15 years ago now uh, when this foundation was formed. And, uh, I said, no, we didn't. So I said, you know, that might be a way for me to pay back uh, the firefighters for what they did for me. Maybe I could put something like this together. It's not gonna be an easy thing to do, but um, maybe something like this would work out well. And I went to the union, told them my idea. They said that was, it was a great idea. I went to the administration. They gave me 100% support. And the union gave us the seed money to start everything. They gave us $100,000, which, is a good chunk of change. Uh, we put our board of directors together, we put our bylaws together, we got our 5013C status, and we came up, uh, became the San Francisco Firefighters Cancer Prevention Foundation that's been dedicated to the early detection and prevention of cancer in both our active and retired San Francisco firefighters. And now for a little bit of an update, this in the last few months, we've expanded our uh, outreach to uh, a lot of uh, District 4 in Northern California from Santa Rosa all the way to San Jose. They, we, will, we will help them out if they should contract the disease also. And we plan on going throughout the whole state of California as long as this runs smoothly. So the foundation was formed. Uh, the first thing we did was to go back to UCSF with the urology department and conduct a study uh, looking for the possibility that we did have elevated rates of bladder cancer in our profession. So we used a bioengineered test that looks for a specific protein in the urine called NMP22. It's a simple test, just like a pregnancy test where you put four drops of urine on a slide, wait 30 minutes and see if you're positive, you get that positive red lineup. That one test we caught, we, we screened about 1100 firefighters, both active and retired, and we caught three firefighters with transition cell carcinoma. Uh, one active, two retired, and one of the retired, Tony Sacco, who I worked with, had transitional cell carcinoma in his right renal pelvis, the same exact cancer that I did, and we had worked in the same firehouse together. So that was two of us in the same plot, in the same place where that particular type of cancer is normally found in one in 100,000 people. Dr. Stoller said, you definitely have a problem. And as firefighters, we never thought that bladder cancer would be something that we would be contracting, but he explained how, you know, this whole process works. How when you're exposed to these particular types of chemicals, uh, your kidneys do not flush these chemicals out of the system. Uh, they can set in the bladder uh, and, and cause these mutations within that tissue of the bladder and this cancer begins to form. So, uh, we now on an every other year basis, we continue to do this particular type of examination. And because of it, we've identified 12 firefighters, both active and retired, 
over the last 15 years now that I've had this type of cancer that at the time of the tests, they did not know they had. So it's worked out well. And it's gone from that uh, to working very hard to get uh, the cancer, the firefighters cancer presumptive law accepted in San Francisco. And that happened in 2014 after we took part in the NIOSH study with uh, both Philadelphia and Chicago firefighters where we had a cohort of approximately 30,000 firefighters and they looked at the causes of death um, at, dating back to 1950. The surprising thing was when we first met with the epidemiologist from NIOSH in San Francisco, they told us up front, we do not think we're gonna find elevated rates of cancer in your profession because you're considered to be a healthier group of individuals. You take better care of yourself, you see doctors more often, and we, um, our board just smiled at each other and we said, let's, let's wait and see what happens. This was in 2010. You knew at that time, you, you've already kind of looked at your department and did a survey to see active and retired members, like what the numbers are showing. So you kind of already had an idea, like, no, there's something here, right? Yeah, we, we had elevated rates and you're exactly right. We did send out a survey and we were totally surprised at how many firefighters that responded to uh, the survey had cancer, just about half. And but that's the firefighters that responded. And we're not talking about the firefighters that had already lost their life to the disease. So it was pretty eye-opening. Uh, after four year period with NIOSH, they were totally thorough. They went through every journal uh, all the way back 50 years. They said, you do have elevated rates of various forms of cancer. And the way they traced it back is they looked at these elevated rates and they followed that firefighter's career. And not to our surprise, but the firefighters that had the most exposures, that worked in the busiest fire, fire, firehouses, had the highest rates of cancers. So we've been involved in multiple studies. Uh, we put together the first study looking at women in our profession. Um, and we have elevated rates of breast cancer in San Francisco. We also have the highest population of female firefighters of any major metropolitan department in the United States. And the cancer rate is six times the national average for the women that are on the job between 40 and 50 years old. So we knew we had a problem there too. And that study is still ongoing. Uh, we made that direct correlation between these chemical exposures and the ele elevated rates of cancer in the women. So with the NIOSH study complete, um, at that time we had Mayor uh, Sam Lee in San Francisco and um, Mayor Lee signed into legislation uh, the, and accepted the cancer presumptive law for the city of San Francisco. And we, we all know that this cancer presumptive law can be set aside by a particular municipality if they don't want to accept it. And, and it's amazing that some cities still will not will battle you when you're, you know, you're diagnosed with this disease. And but uh, San Francisco accepted it. And now, if a firefighter in San Francisco contracts any form of cancer, uh, and they have at least five years on the job, and that's a pretty short latency period, they it is considered to be a job-related cancer, and they are taken care of under work, under workers' compensation program. They don't fight them at all. They they go. They're, you're good. You're good. And, and from that point on, uh, that's where we step in, uh, help them navigate the whole system, help them with the best doctors for the particular type of cancer that they might be diagnosed with. We've had uh, firefighters go uh, to MD Anderson in Texas 
to Sloan Kettering back in New York to uh, the Mayo Clinic in Arizona, uh, but the vast majority go to UCSF in San Francisco and some to Stanford. So the, the, the program has worked out really well. And financially, we, we've done really well. The, we have what's called combined charities in San Francisco. The firefighters have the opportunity uh, to donate money uh, each payroll period. And we asked them just to join, if they could only donate four or five dollars each payroll period, it, it makes a big difference for us. So they have done that. And uh, we're at the point now where uh, a firefighter, if they, uh, if it's active or retired, and if there's some particular type of problem with workers' comp, which we haven't had so far, but for the retired guys, it's a different ballgame. We'll pay up to $1,000 for that firefighter, firefighter active or retired to get a second opinion. Uh, we pay up to $3,000 for genomic testing if that particular type of test is denied. Uh, we, we, pay, we pay up to $2,500 for travel expenses if a firefighter has to go out of state or within the state and has to stay at a hotel for any period of time. And, and um, this is all done with uh, not one of uh, our board of directors, uh, including myself, receiving any money. Uh, we all volunteer our time. And uh, that, that's another reason why people have contributed to our organization, too, because they know just about 99.5% of our the money that we do bring in goes right back uh, into the firefighters. And we also now help firefighters, uh, San Francisco firefighters, first family members too. And we've had quite a few patients in that direction. So the organization has done really well. Um, uh, there's, there's still a lot of stuff going on now with the lawsuits with PFAS chemicals and PFOAs. And uh, we are heavily involved with the flame retardant chemicals, the polybrominated diphenyl ethers, um, uh, giving testimony at both at the state and the national level and um, actually made some good change there too in the state of California. So I, I, it's, it's well. I wanted, I wanted to ask you kind of regarding that. So you were kind of really in the, in the in that driver's seat uh, for the flame retardants and doing the toxic hot seat, which is a, a great film out there. If you haven't seen it out there, listeners, knowing what you've done there, do you see, a lot of parallels with this PFOS world now. Absolutely. Uh, once again, you're going up to uh, a multi-billion dollar industry in the chemical industry. Um, and at every corner, uh, when you think you've got some headway, they have the amazing ability to twist the story somehow and introduce a different chemical with a different name that basically still does the same stuff. So it's uh, a whack-a-mole type of situation where you just have to keep on pounding at them until it gets to the point where a state like we have here, Proposition 65 in the state of California, where the state will sue uh, the, the particular companies and, and they will not allow those chemicals to be used in the state. So that's how uh, the PD, uh, PBDEs, those flame retardant chemicals, were eliminated in the state of California uh, with Prop 65, as well as legislation uh, drawn up uh, multiple times by, at that time, State Senator Mark Leno. Um, so uh, becoming advocates, uh, especially for firefighters, when they get involved in this type of legislation, people listen to what you have to say. Um, you know, they, we're, we're lucky we're in a profession that all we do is we help people. And every time we fly out that door, that's, we're going out to help somebody. And, and people uh, realize that and, and they're willing to listen and, and pay close attention to what's happening uh, and what we have to say as far as these types of chemical exposures, not only affecting us, but affecting the, affecting the general population. 
It's beautiful. Um, some of the other things that I love that you're doing, because you're able to look at studies or conduct studies with your department that have been kind of neglected. They, they, they haven't been on, uh, they've been kind of on the back burner, if you will. So like what you said about the women is one thing because they've been kind of neg neglected, but also there's a lot of wildfire uh, studies that you guys are involved in as well. Is that correct? Say what type of fires? The, the, wild, the wildland firefighters. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's a whole nother category that we got involved with a few years ago. Um, you know, when you take a look and you know as well as I do, Jim, and every firefighter knows the situation, um, when folks are watching TV at night, at, uh, at night and watching a wildland fire, they're, they're looking at these homes being destroyed. It might be, you know, the firefighters are in vision, but what they don't realize is they are not protected. And when we're getting these, these wildland uh, fires that go into the urban interface where multiple structures are being burnt, okay, and, and the firefighter is on the line for 12 to 24 hours at a time, they are taking an ass whipping. And basically with a handkerchief over their nose or some type of maybe an N95 mask, it's not doing the trick. And uh, we had one of our, our, our uh, strike teams at a fire a couple of years ago uh, up uh, near Chico had major problems. They, they were one of the first strike teams on scene and took a beating. And for 24 hours straight, a lot of them had severe headaches and that's when we started this particular study where we were able to draw the blood right in Chico uh, while the firefighters were still basically at the fire scene. And um, that study has just been completed and it did show that they had high levels of various types of chemicals, uh, lead, uh, mercury, I mean, just an array of stuff that's much higher than the general population. So what, you know, the reason to do this type of study is to create an impetus for change. Uh, and, and that impetus is, okay, how do we better protect the men and women that are gonna be out, out on these wildland fires? Uh, is that our foundation's decision or any other fountain? No, it's not. It, it, it's, you know, division chiefs, battalion chiefs, uh, chiefs of the department, the NFPA, putting their heads together and coming up with an idea. This is what we've got to do to protect our firefighters now with these conflagrations now occurring every year and it seems like it's only getting worse. No, it's, it's huge. And I, I love the fact that everything you're doing, it benefits the men and women of San Francisco Fire Department, but it's, a, it's mu so much bigger than that as well. I mean, because, you know, whether it's the NIOSH study or the wildland or, or the women's test, I mean, it is, it helps all of us out. So, and that's and that's what we what we hope to do. Um, we we've got a new website out now. Uh, we overhauled the whole website. We've got a great company that that does puts does our input for our, our website. So those studies are all accessible to any department. And the studies that we do too are science based studies. Um, they are not studies that we we say we think here is a problem. We we show the depth. The, the direct correlation between whatever the types of chemicals that are involved and the types of cancer that a person contracts. Um, it, we're lucky to have organizations like the Silent Spring Institute, uh, UCSF, uh, UC Berkeley, and scientists that, that work hard to show that those direct correlations. And it, it makes it a lot easier for, uh, you know, at a department to accept a, a workers' comp related type of uh, injury 
due to cancer, where uh, you go to a QME, a qualified medical examiner, and they deny it right away. And then an epidemiologist might back him up or her up and by saying that, you know, you know, we cannot make that correlation. Well, we've got some evidence now that says there is a direct correlation to many things uh, that as far as these cancer exposure, uh, cancer, uh, elevated risk of cancer that we're getting. Yeah, very nice. So let me ask you this. What's, what's kind of next? What, what's next on the agenda that, that you guys would love to look at and, and kind of, because you, you continuously evolve, it's, it's quite evident. So, yep. you, you, you know, what's, uh, what's coming down the pipeline? We've made some real, uh, in the last six months, we've made some real good uh, ties with uh, Stanford. Um, they are very interested, uh, Stanford Medical Facility, they are very interested in uh, the health of firefighters and looking at uh, the types of exposures that we have uh, over and above um, what other organizations have. And the, the good thing about this is they have funding there where it's not costing us a hundred or $200,000 to conduct a study. Um, a lot of it is uh, money that is donated by uh, through philanthropy and that money is funneled and, and put into these types of studies. And uh, it, it's, it's working out really well. The, the big thing right now that, um, that Stanford is interested in is the, the PFAS chemicals. Um, because it not only affects us, it, it's affecting the general population, uh, you know, the folks back east with the water problems and, uh, you know, in the drinking water. Uh, it's found in almost every, I, should say, I shouldn't say almost, it's, it's in all of our bodies. Uh, to what degree is the thing that is serious and in firefighters uh, the, the one real good direct study we have right now is the women's study where it shows and that this was just uh, well within the last six months uh, made public that they had elevated rates of PFAS chemicals uh, in these women that are on the job so looking at that and it's funny how you go through one type of study and it leads into another type of study and they, they sort of piggyback on each other uh, and you can really delve deep into um, into this topic, um, and it's I think it's very interesting uh, for people in the uh, the field of science to to see uh, making these correlations and coming up with ways that will not only help us but again the general population. Yeah, that's that's absolutely great stuff. Keep keep up the great work. <laughs> you're you're not allowed. You retired from one job. You're not allowed to retire <laughs> from this. <laughs> you got to do it forever. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jim. There's, you know, there's too much good that comes out of it. So yeah, it, it's, you're, it's worth, it's you're not even allowed to take a vacation anymore. <laughs> well, it, as long as I got that phone in my back pocket, it follows me around. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yeah. Well, let me let me start to get you out of here on this. I have a thing I call the the 25 questions, and it's not. I'm not going to make you actually do 25 questions, but sure. it's a list of 25. And I'm going to have you pick out a random number and there's a question related to each number. And we'll just, these are more fun kind of stuff like that. But sure. before you even do that, I'm going to give you, because this is going to be coming out right around Christmas time. I, I want to give you one that's not on the list. This is a bonus one. So, okay. so right away is die hard a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm saying yes. <laughs> All right. No more discussion. We're, <laughs> We're good with that answer. All right. <laughs> That's always a fun one. Okay. 
what's up how about throw out a number for me and we'll go from there uh, about eight what's your favorite book favorite book uh cannery row okay i have no idea what that is could you expound on that uh it's a story by john steinbeck about cannery row uh in the old days when it was there were sardines running through monterey bay uh, the reason I enjoy it is my aunt, my great aunt, lived on Cannery Row, and I spent a lot of my youth down there during the summertime. And the story is true to life because she opened her door at nighttime to they called the bums of Cannery Row, and, and she would open her door and they would sleep on her floor and then go back to work in the morning. And Steinbeck talks about this. Uh, it's a great story, and and I got to see it. Uh, I was only a small kid but it was uh, something that uh, was really interesting to me and it still is to this day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. See, now I'm showing my age. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Sure. How about, how about another number? What else uh, 17. Favorite actor or actress? Oh God. Let's see. Actor. I'm going to have to go with Al Pacino. That's a good one. Uh, I love that guy. What? Scent of a scent of a woman. Uh, I, I could watch that every day. Uh, it's it, it's something that uh, you know was really done well, and uh, he's just a super good actor. He might be a little bit of a strange kind of guy, but super good actor. <laughs> no debate for me. You're good yeah. there. All right. How about uh, let's just try one more. Okay, twenty one. All right. Uh, favorite album. Favorite album? I'm going to have to say The Temptations' Greatest Hits. <laughs> Great. Without, without a doubt, you know, I, I was a product of the 60s, and, you know, a lot of guys liked the Beach Boys and the Stones and the Beatles. I liked Smokey Robinson. I liked The Temptations. I liked The Four Tops, but The Temptations were my, my favorite. Did you ever make your way to Motown? I, I did not, but I got to see The Temptations three times. Um, there was a nightclub in the city called Mr. D's on Broadway. And every time they were there, I was there. And uh, they were awesome. Yeah. Tony, what version of the, the, the Temptations were there that you saw? Uh, I saw the original. The original. Yeah, I, saw, I saw the originals. Yeah. Yeah. David Ruffin at the league, man. It was the best. Yeah. That's all. That is so cool. You know, because <laughs> uh, I just... I saw uh, Otis Williams was uh, Otis Williams, uh, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, he's the only one that's left. So yeah. when I saw yeah. them, and it's been a couple times, but it's been more recent. I mean, that's that's yeah. it. It's still the Temptations, but it's not yeah. the Temptations you saw. Oh no, they were they were the best, without a doubt. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to go to Detroit, seeing Motown is something else. I'll have to do it. Yeah. Doing the tour, and then you're you're in the studio, and um, you know I remember uh, actually doing the Temptation. The strut. <laughs> oh. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I I love that uh, that answer of you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, where can everybody find the foundation, and also yourself, if they have any questions? Sure. Yeah. Uh, to get access to me or the foundation, uh, one of the easiest things to do is just to go right to our website. It's the initials of our organization, sffcpf.org. 
and that'll bring up the website. Uh, my contact information uh, is there, as well as uh, any email that's sent through there goes to me directly, as well as a couple of other uh, board members. Uh, so if somebody wants to get a hold of me, that's the way to do it. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, sir, for taking the time out this Absolutely, evening. Absolutely, Jim. I guess it's my evening. It's your afternoon. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, it's 4.30. Almost time for uh, uh, 5 o'clock's coming around for a little uh, glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be getting ready for bed. <laughs> I still got to work tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, Tony, thanks again. He's Absolutely. Tony Stefani. I'm Jim Bernica, and we are out of time. So thank, thank you, Jim. You. Take care.